Welcome to Belief Busters Podcast, where we change the world one belief at a time. True transformation happens when we question if the beliefs we hold are of truth, or simply someone else's belief that we have internalized as our own. I'm your host, Rev. Cherie Taylor-Jones, and I'm glad you could join us on the journey. Today we have Andrew Ecker, author of The Sacred Seven. His ancestry is Apache, Irish, and German-American. He was born into an inheritance of trauma. Both his parents were addicted to drugs and died very young. Growing up in the height of the Reagan and Clinton War on Drugs Policies, led Andrew down a path of destruction that included cocaine and heroin abuse until he made a decision to change his life while serving three and a half years in federal prison for drug charges. Andrew found healing in his life through the use of ancient technologies including drumming and a ceremonial introduction process of his Native American ancestry he outlines in his book, The Sacred Seven. And now the conclusion of The Sacred Medicine for the Soul. You know, and just then he looks up and he's yes. got these big, big crocodile tears oh falling down. Right and his face is so dirty that it's making like a little river of mud. Oh, honey. You know, and it was like the Holy Spirit was bringing me myself. Yes. You know, was bringing me myself. And I sat there with him and boy, did I get angry. You know, Reverend, I could have hurt somebody that had done this to this little boy, Yeah. you know, at that point. I mean, I just wanted to blame somebody, you know, all that anger of my childhood, all that pain, all that rage came up and I took him in, we got him cleaned up and everything. So now we're taking the children back to their homes. Yep. End up going to his house. I look in the house and it's just like, you know, my house. I mean, they're stealing electricity from the neighbor. You know, they don't even have electric at their house. There's a, a, a cord coming in a window yep. to keep their refrigerator running. Yep. You know, I look inside, there's this woman just in a wreck. She's got a baby, a, child, a little infant oh. she's holding. Okay. You know, I got three other children with me. And immediately when I looked at her, I seen the culture. This is the culture. This is the best we can do in America. This is the best we can do. You know, and I didn't feel anything but compassion and love for her in her situation. Right. Yeah. And I started to talk to her and it was like all that anger, all that frustration, it just dissolved away. And, you know, I was seeing my mom. I was seeing yep. the many people in my life that have had a substance abuse and mental health problem, you know, yep. substance abuse and mental health. And this is how we treat people. Come on. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm ministering to her. Turns out she's got a, you know, she's living under, she has a warrant for arrest. I ended up taking those children in at the time. I'd just been married. I had gotten married to a, you know, a woman who was serving in the ministry with me. Yeah. Bring them in. I'm fostering four children now. Yikes. We're like taking care of these kids. Everything's yeah. going good. The woman turned out to be just like my mom. She had a hidden substance abuse issue. Five hospitalizations later, the children have now gone with family members. Okay. Now I'm in a place where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm seeking guidance from the church. We would go in and my, my ex-wife had, had written, she was extremely intelligent and very cunning. 
she wrote a grant that changed federal legislation. As soon as the pastors would find out that she had written a grant, the marriage counseling was off. It was, how can my ministry get this grant? Yes. See? Yes. And, and then it was like, you know what? He's to blame. He's the one who's got, I, I had not gone. I was still, I had five years of probation. I had never had a dirty UA the whole time I was on that probation. I was clean, but yet these pastors couldn't see that. Finally, we got one good pastor after going to about six pastors yep. and he held her over the fire and she just rebelled and it got violent. You know, I'm holding a drum in my hands. And this is another part of this the audience should know is that I'm a professional musician. I'm trained in West African. I'm trained in Middle Eastern. I'm trained in Latin drumming. Drumming has been a part of my life since I was out using. Okay. Mm -hmm. Since before, you know, I was like involved in the music scene, all kinds of stuff. So I've had this relationship to music as well. That's been a part of my healing. You know, she was dealing with mental health issues, depression. She was dealing with bipolar, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we just could not find the, the place to, to come to a place of healing. She pulls out the knife and stabs the drum instead of stabbing me. And I'm like, my life is at risk Ooh, here. Yeah. I got to get out of this. I get divorced. Now, when I get divorced, it's like I might as well had gone out and used drugs again. Everybody, nobody in the church knew me. Half the people yeah. went on her side. I was the director of marketing and promotions for the only Christian newspaper as well. They fired me and hired her. Ooh, I'm okay. in this total place of, of like, who am I now? I don't have any place to go. So I'm like totally broken at this point. This is 10 years ago too, by the way. And the drum led me to the Navajo Nation. I was there for a healers conference and do a drum circle nice while on the navajo nation i sat down in a traditional hogan which is a ceremonial house and this man invited us there named fillmore as i'm sitting there the elders start introducing themselves in this traditional way and that's what started this prayer what do you mean you're a child what do you mean you're a grandchild yeah and now everything starts to come into focus you mean that's really who i am I don't have to be a, a pastor and have a perfect marriage. Yeah. I don't have to be, you know, an, I don't have to be any of these things. I could just be this. What is that? What mm -hmm. does that mean? And then I start to go to Sweat Lodge and I start to rekindle my relationship with God. Now it's not just the religion. Right. It's I'm actually having a relationship. Right. And I'm, I'm there as a nobody in the Sweat Lodge. You know, I'm just there to sit and pray. And those of you that are on that spiritual path, you know, those of you that are actually doing the work and ministering out there in the community, you know that there's a time where you just get to, I just want to sit. Mm -hmm. I just want to sit now. I just want to listen, you know. I don't need to be heard. I don't need to minister. I don't need to, to be the person anymore. And while I was in that sweat lodge, learning the traditional practices of my ancestors. Now, for those of you that don't know what a sweat lodge is, it's a representation of Mother Earth. It's a tent, basically, that's a dome shape. And in the middle of that, there's heated rocks that will go in. Sometimes it'll also be on the side. But there's generally a person who is uh, given the honor of the community to pour water over those stones. And they say when the water comes onto the stones that you're hearing the prayers, that the stones are speaking to you and that they're praying with you, not to you, you're not praying to them right you're praying with them right it's like you know moses praying with the burning bush right. like that's how that that representation is and as i sat in there i started to heal 
I started to learn. And then I finally introduced myself in English using these aspects of self-identity. Mm-hmm. Then I remember learning how to introduce myself in the traditional language. Now, this is powerful because, you know, some of you out there know that you come from Africa. Some of you know that you come from indigenous communities here in North America. Some of you know that there's a language out there that's not just a a slave language. That's not just a language of oppression, but it's the language of of your ancestors. Mm -hmm. This is the language. This is the tongue of your ancestors. And I taught myself how to introduce myself in the traditional language. And I remember, Reverend, I was so scared, you know, I was so scared because I had gone into the, you know, into the churches and I'll I'll be hired to play my flute. And when I go to a church and I'm sitting up there, I introduce myself in English. And, you know, I introduce my Apache ancestry and, you know, generally I'll have on some a little bit of regalia or something to kind of, you know, look uh, to bring in my ancestors, you know. And when I introduce my Apache lines, it's okay. But I get to that Irish side and people laugh at me, you know, they'll laugh at me. And I, you know, I don't know why they laugh. Maybe it's uncomfortable for them to think about a mixed person, you know, I I don't, I don't know why that is, but I'll tell you when I introduce myself in the sweat lodge, nobody ever laughs at me, you know, and I remember feeling so afraid to introduce myself in the traditional language. And I remember I stumbled through it, you know, I, I got up the courage. The first time I told myself I'd chicken out, you know, but then that second time I went, I did it. And I remember looking over at my uncle. This is my adopted uncle, okay. you know, just like some of us at the barbecue, right? That's uncle so-and-so. Well, this is how it is in the sweat lodge. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, uh, I said, yeah, I introduced myself here. And Everybody says, uh-huh, yeah, good, good, good. He's learning, yeah. And then my uncle says, well, we need to give you an Indian name now. And I said, oh, uncle, please let it be an easy name. He goes, <laughs> he, goes like, <laughs> he goes like this. He goes, easy way. That's your name. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love so that's it. my official indian name easy way so. yeah i love you, you yeah sorry. go ahead i go love ahead. you yeah. just talking about the journey that you have been on and it's your spiritual journey you know it's not dictated by a society or religion or dogma this is your own personal awakening to the truth of who and what you are you know and that you have this amazing connection with God, with allness, with Mother Earth, and how that also relieves so much of the trauma. Oh, it's, you know, finding the medicine in our trauma is really what the Sacred Seven is about. You know, my book, it's about crafting that message of medicine. In our traditions, you know, people will say, oh, you know, that song was medicine for my heart. You know, I've, I've sang in the sweat lodge and I remember this one elder, he gave me a drumstick and he said, you know, you carried me through with your song. It was good medicine, nephew, you know, and a story can also be medicine. A dance can be medicine. Even a thought can be medicine for you. Mm -hmm. And your stories, the listeners, the struggles you've been through, you know, some of us out there have had, you know, sexual abuse happen. Some of us have had physical abuse that has happened. Some of our women, we, they feel that loneliness in their hearts and they go and they, they start drinking with somebody 
thinking that that's going to help that loneliness. They pass out. They wake up and their clothes are off. They go home and tell mom. And I've heard this story too many times. And mom says, that's what you get when you drink. You know, that's not what you get when you drink. No. You know, that is not, that is inappropriate. That is the sickness of that man that thought that that was okay for him to do that. You know, our brothers out there that carry that wound with them, that they think that that's the only way that they can be intimate with a woman is to get them high, get them drunk. For themselves, they're so insecure about their body. They're so insecure about themselves. They think that that's the alternative. Sexuality can be beautiful without substances, even just coming together in intimacy and praying. Yeah. But these things that we we haven't practiced it, you know, that's it. We just need to practice this. We need to get to that place where we look at, you know, hey, how do I talk about that sexual trauma? How do I talk about that pain? How do I sit with it? All of this is about our spiritual maturity. You know, these are the, yeah, these are the things that give us the ability to live an abundant life. And I'm talking about the prosperity of ourselves in every area of our life, financially, socially, with our intimacy, with our partners, with our spiritual prosperity. Prosperity sometimes gets focused on in this financial framework, which is important. Sure. We need to be able to be free from the financial insecurities. We need to be able to know that we have the ability to have a home, you know? And a lot of that is, is given over those responsibilities to the creator. You see, once you are on this spiritual path and you find your medicine, the distribution of that medicine is really a part of the whole, right? The creator needs to be involved in that. You need to say to the creator, creator, I'm thankful that I'm able to share my message with people. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to come on this podcast. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to use Facebook. So many people get on Facebook and talk about nonsense. Share something good with people. Share something from your heart. You know, use your medicine in your life. Hey, we all need to be doing our best right now. You know, people are dying all over the place. Mm -hmm. We have such a high rate of suicide. It's unbelievable. The COVID has brought us to a place in which depression is out of this world. The World Health Organization says that depression is going to be the most costly uh, medical issue in the next few years because of what we've lived through with COVID. It's, it's, you know, it is time for us to realize the power of these principles that are woven into the fabric of our DNA, the drum, self-identity, dancing, singing, giving ourselves permission to have fun again, giving ourselves permission to pray again. And that prayer is important because, you know, many of us pray, I need this, I need that. Well, if you pray in that way, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fortify the density of need. Instead, pray, thank you, creator. Thank you for a good man in my life. Thank you for a good woman in my life. Thank you that my man has this. Thank you that he's a man that shows up for work. Thank you that he's a man, even if he isn't in your life. Come on. That's how you're going to bring that into your life, by fortifying that architecture, the density of the architecture that serves your optimal place. You see, this is important stuff we're talking about here because this is what transforms your life. Mm -hmm. And so what you're talking about for steps that people can take for transforming this trauma is really acknowledging their gifts. And I love that you're calling it medicine. You know, that's powerful. So what I'm equating is if your joy comes from dancing, that's your medicine. If your joy comes from singing 
praying, connecting, meditation, that's part of your medicine. And that using that is how we are really going to transcend the trauma that we've experienced in our lives. Mm. I think that's beautiful. You know, some of you miss your parents. You know, we've lost our parents at an early age. Some of us have lost our grandmas, mm -hmm. our aunties. You know, you can sing a song to them. Absolutely. You know, you can dance a dance. You can turn on that music that you and your aunt used to bond around, used to go to the club and listen to. And you can do a little dance in your in your living room and yep. connect to her in that good way. We are dancing, singing and social people. This right. is what we do because it's inside of us, woven into our DNA that beautiful messages, right? How we find our medicine in our life, how we loosen ourselves from the captivity of our suffering and find our sovereignty. You know, the great teacher Jesus, he said, I have come to take captivity captive. This is the message for all of us. Take your captivity captive. If your self-identity is telling you you're a no good drug addict, you're never gonna be anything, you're just like your mom, you're just like your dad, take that captive. Mm. Loosen yourself from that and go forward into your place of sovereignty where you're gonna find your power and the permission to give yourself joy again. Yes. You know, I'll that's tell you the what. kingdom that right there. That's the kingdom in heaven is finding your own sovereignty. So I sure. love that. Yes. And it's available to us here on earth. Yep. You know, our sovereignty is real. It is freedom that no one can ever take from you. When you find your emotional sovereignty of thank you, creator God, thank you that I'm feeling loneliness. Thank you that I'm feeling suffering. Oh, I'm feeling so much pain in my life right now. And I just give you praise in this pain. I give you praise in this pain that I'm feeling. I give you praise in the loneliness. I give you gratitude in the loneliness. And here's the thing. We will not die from feeling our feelings. It will not kill us. We will not die. That is the access point to God. Ah. Uh. Man, I couldn't say it any better. Yeah. Folks, we have been under a cloud of darkness for the past four years. And the only way that we are going to understand that that density has the ability for all of us to transform is to go into it and feel what's there. Once we feel what's there, we can access that through empathy. We can look at the people that are scared, that are, that are doing these behaviors. The people that are up there in, in Washington that we just went through this horrible thing, that people are afraid. That's mm. why they're acting like that. And guess what? We're all afraid. So why don't we just come to the circle again? Why don't we just come to our hearts and open up? And just as you said, our emotions are the doorway into the kingdom of God. Did you hear what the Reverend just said, people? Think about how she is creating culture right here on this podcast. This is what we're talking about. When we come on this podcast and we listen to this, Realize that we're developing a culture of inclusivity. We're developing a culture of love. And I'm just so grateful for you, Reverend, for having Thank me you. on. This is Thank you powerful. so much. Really has been. Okay, so one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation and then tell us how to get in contact with you and how to work with you. Oh, thank you so much. So first of all, the one thing that I have to share with you is you are enough. You are enough. Yes, 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 you are. You are the one we have been waiting for. Robert White Mountain, a Lakota man that I met at a drum circle prayer, he said the, re the real issue with humanity is that we don't know how to be in circle with each other. Mm. Being in circle means you have a place at the table. You have a place at the feast. You have a place in this world and you are enough. You're the one we've been waiting for. 
We've all showed up with our best with, you know, I put this regalia on today, my nice hat and everything for you. <laughs> you're the one I've been waiting for. You know, you're yeah. enough. And if yeah. you want to connect with me and, and further work with me, you can go to thesacred7.com, get a free copy of my book there, PDF copy downloaded to you. You can read it. There's also coaching material there that you would, if you'd like to get connected with us, you can get the eight sessions. There's eight guided imagery meditations. Guided imagery meditation is leading you through sound and voice to the place in which you harness the power of density. You may have density in the way you relate to the inner child. You may have density in the way you relate to your mom and the feminine aspect of yourself, the masculine aspect of yourself, how you relate to new people, how you relate to your family, how you relate to your community, how you relate to the elements, air, water, fire, earth, gravity, time, and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, how you relate to all of that. It's all relational. It's relationship. That's what we get back to with the Sacred Seven. So thesacred7.com, Sacred Seven on YouTube, Sacred Seven Podcast, and you can connect with me on Facebook, Andrew Ecker, and also Sacred Seven on Facebook. I'm so grateful to be here with everybody. Thank you so much for letting me Thank on here. Thank you so much. This has been a really powerful conversation. So to my posse, the Belief Buster crew, this is about awakening to the totality of who you are and that you are enough. We've been saying it this past year. And I hope that 2020 really has brought you to the point of getting clear on what really matters to you. And now this year, 2021, this is the year that you step into your power. I'll see you next time on the flip side. If you are enjoying these conversations about assessing your belief systems and how to transform outdated beliefs, then please subscribe and give us a positive review. To support this podcast and its transformative work, you can also become a sponsor for as little as $5 a month. You can reach Rev Cherie at info at beliefbusterspodcast.org. To continue on this journey of evolution, you can also get my book, Turning Your Why Into Why Not, at Amazon or any other bookstores, which gives you practical tools to do this work. See you next time on the flip side.